Hi, this is Terry Kavanaugh, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, loonies, welcome back to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. You are listening to episode 169, and uh, my golly, it's fun. We're doing another comic book review. You've had a a classic run review. We've had a reaction episode of the new comic, which was Avengers. And tonight, today, this morning, we're going to be looking at a modern run review. So kind of like a recent issue, uh, so from 2000 onwards. Uh, I think I'll consider that modern. And um, we'll be looking at Moon Knight, Volume 6, Issue 8. It's kind of a continuation of First Story uh, by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. And joining me tonight, today, this morning, is the power power of Chad. Chad, Chad, welcome. Hello. Yes, Chad uh, has graciously accepted to to come back. and, uh, And this should be... Always interesting, Chad. I can't remember. Have we done... I don't think we've done a Brian Michael Bendis one together, have we? We've done modern yeah. ones. Oh, we have. We have done that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Because um, I know we've done the Darken one. I think we actually... We mainly do, I think, modern ones. I'm not sure if I've... Apart from... Oh, that is going way back, I think. You have done a classic one. You've done the Hulk magazine one, so that's as classic as it can get, yeah. right? So okay, so you've done it yeah. you've done it all. Um but anyway, Chad, I don't know, are you excited about coming back to, to revisit more Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleev? I I really appreciate the art, so yes. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. That's, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get stuck into it, Loonies. Don't you worry. So, um, so Chad and I, after we kind of wet our whistle, for those looking at the video, we'll know that Chad and I, we do, we are partial to a an odd tipple. Um, so, so I'm just going to say that. Uh, I, I have a nice brew here. Chad has a, has a cider. So we're, we're, um, we're raring to go. Hopefully we'll be smooth sailing when we come up to the review but before that of course to kick off a huge thank you to all the patroonies thank you so much for uh for contributing and wanting to uh to help uh support the show in in a different way other than just listening um absolutely love uh people tuning in and listening to us but a big thank you to the likes of dustin justin Derek, wayne jordan josh james russell and anthony thank you guys um all differing tiers uh, some of them executive producers others co-producers so they're credited on the episodes but a big thank you guys also a uh a, a thanks to a couple of sponsors hello headphones empowering gamers to play at their best and of course dreamland comics from illinois the superhero superstore now, Chad, speaking of which, I mean, we had a little bit of a little bit of a chat, uh, I guess, beforehand. I've seen some of your feedback from the reaction episode that we did on Avengers 37. I mean, you gave your comments to that issue, but while I have you here, I might as well ask, what was your impression out of the, the whole arc of Age of Conchu? What was uh, happy with it? Um, some takeaways? Uh some some alarm bells. What what did you reckon? 
I kind of got the feeling like the entire thing was sort of a smokescreen. Like, there was lots of fireworks. It was pretty flashy. There could have been a lot more development, and it's just there wasn't really a lot of uh, substance. There's a lot of, you know, action, but Mm -hmm. as we can tell now by the end of this short run, there's nothing has changed except for, you know, the fanfare. (laughs) Mm, I mean, well, true. I mean, I agree with with pretty much all that you say as well, but as for what has changed or impacted, I don't know, could you argue potentially then that there's some sort of fracturing between Mark and Conchu? Um, I mean, they left... The last they saw of each other, Mark smacked him all the way to, to New Thebes. So, um, yeah. yeah, I wonder if, if anything, I wonder if that will be picked up uh, in hopefully the, the future solo series run. But that's all I can really think of. I mean, the Phoenix Force came and went. Yeah, but I mean, a- anything else that, I don't know, anything else did you like? Um, anything else that you liked about it? I really liked having... Uh... Jessica, or yeah, Jess Walters, um, Jennifer. Jennifer that's yes. the one. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked her and Blade picking up the onks and being yes. temporary users. I'd like to see a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Because, well, no. certainly, certainly. I mean, we only got one page of it, uh, literally. So I'd yeah. love to see. That was, I think, one of the things for me for that last issue. Uh, there was a lot of missed opportunities. Of like, there were huge fights built up but they were all off screen like phoenix force mark versus thor and she hulk the iron hulk and blade the sorcerer supreme we got the introduction to it but everything happened off panel which was i don't know it kind of was part of the uh yeah part of the the um the elements that were detrimental to to the arc i mean as you said there was a lot of action and there were a lot of cool nifty ideas but yeah um yeah. Okay. So not not too big fan. Five out of ten. Um, let's hoping Chad that tonight, today, this morning, uh, Brian Michael Bendis does better for you. Um, but we'll get into that, loonies. Also, as well, I want to mention uh, on our Facebook group. If you're not a member, please join. I know it's a private group, but just just click onto it. If you answer all the questions, then you're guaranteed to get in. It's all set up automatically. Once you answer all the questions that you will actually be um, accepted in. Uh, if if uh, you don't, then it's left to the whim of, uh, yeah, you know, to the, the whim of the likes of the admins such as Chad and myself. And, and we, we don't often, I don't know, I don't know about you, Chad, we don't often check them, so you could be left lingering there, um, in which case then it will just kind of be probably deleted. <laughs> oh, whenever I check it... If someone hasn't, you know, filled it out all the way, I just go ahead and leave it there in limbo because mm-hmm. I, well, that, uh, that's it. it leaves it open on their side to go ahead and fill it out. That's true. So. That's true. That's true. And so if you do, learners, if you do want to join the group, yeah, just as mentioned, um, it's fantastic. We love it. There's, we've almost got 1,400 members. Um, I can't believe it. It's really cool. Um, so please, uh, yeah, if you do consider joining, what I did post up was a, a kind of like a, a prize giveaway. I guess the date. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, just check it out and drop in your thoughts. Uh, the winner will get an uh, official oversized 
uh, ITK sticker, which I'll send to you. But the idea was, I don't know, Chad, we, there was a lot of fan casting for this Moon Knight series, and then there was a lot of talk about when it was going to be announced. I thought it would just be interesting to, to have a little, a little flutter as to when it will actually be announced. So I can't remember when, uh, what was your date? Do you have a date? The 24th. 24th, okay, of October. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've got the 21st, so both Chad and I reckon it's pretty soon. So by the time this episode drops, we're talking about um, either a, uh, my bet has, has come and gone, so if, if <laughs> uh, this will drop on the 22nd, so I've either got it right or wrong, uh, and Chad will either still be in the running, um, and hopefully we'll get some sort of announcement. But please do drop in your thoughts. We've got a few people, a lot of people are doing uh, Halloween, October 31st, as uh, it happens to be, you, you pointed out a full moon as well, so yep. um, that would be apt. I'm not, I'm, I'm a bit dubious whether you know Disney Plus will go that far as to to be that, but that would be fun. I would love for them to do that. Um, but <laughs> uh, so let us know your thoughts, even if you can give us a, a time, that would be cool because a lot of people have have the same date as well. But it's all for a bit of fun. Um, anyway, Chad as well, I guess. It's been a while, uh, the last week or so. Any uh, any recommends for reads or um, or listens, podcasts, music? Well, I recently found out that one of my favorite creative teams is going to be writing Midnighter and the new I Wonder saw. Woman series. I saw you put, so is there a series with Midnighter and Wonder Woman? Like, it's them teaming no. up? No. Oh. It's, uh, oh, crap, I just... Something flew in my eye. Oh, that's fun. Can't you? Can't you? Why would you betray me? <laughs> um, anyway, it's uh, Michael Conrad on art, I think, and Becky Cloonan is writing, or vice versa. Oh, they're both accomplished. So that's your that is your super um, team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the uh, mystery school. Comics group. That's what they have. That's their okay. like indie thing. Nice. Um, but yeah, they're going to be doing the Immortal Wonder Woman series, Ooh, and then cool. Midnighter on the side. Okay. So, nice. Yeah. Excited. When, when's that coming out? Do you know? Like, did that was it announced? That was just announced. I think the day before yesterday. Okay. And. I'm not sure when it's going to be actually hitting okay. the shelves or anything. That sounds interesting. I mean, I'm I'm pretty keen to learn more about Wonder Woman. Midnighter, I've heard pretty good things about. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'd be pretty keen to pick that up. So, Looney's, um, that's a nice recommendation. Yeah. Any uh, any other, any, any podcasts or perhaps TV shows or movies? Podcasts? Podcast? Who podcasts nowadays? <laughs> or about um, a billion people now. <laughs> let's see. The guys over at Tomb of Ideas, yeah. I listen to them pretty frequently. They're pretty cool. Um, I listen to them as well. They're, they're, they're good. Let's see. There's always uh, Forever Midnight, the horror podcast. Ooh. Uh, that's all I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always Friday the 13th. It's a very queer-centric horror podcast. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Those are pretty much the ones that I mainline pretty frequently. 
And actually, you just reminded me with that kind of theme for horror. Um, I know we've probably conversed online about it, but you and, and I've seen the photos. You did finally you got the uh, you got the tat happening. It's looking pretty damn good oh. as well. Yeah, I got my tattoo. Yeah, it looks and it looks really cool. I don't know loonies if you. It was on. You posted it on. Did you post it on um, in our group or just on your your profile page? Like just your on my profile. Yeah, your profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, a very cool. I love the colors to it, and I love the content. How long did it take for you to have to keep the band bandage on? Did you have to keep that on for uh, a while? Well, honestly, I didn't put a bandage on at all. It's... Like I just, <laughs> I just. You know, washed it frequently and okay. you know made sure it was clean. Because let I, it air out. Yeah, because I remembered you talking about like you know you've you've lined it up, you're going to get it, and then it didn't seem like that long at all where you sh- you took the photo and I looked at it going oh cool I remember we we're talking about that but I was thinking geez that was quick like because you know a lot of people I don't know they wrap it in bandages and and cling wrap or you know they they kind of protect it and stuff and you don't get to see it yeah yeah right and they don't get to i don't know it's it's like healing or something but how was it was it painful um it was like let's see it was like about seven hours and just kind of felt like lightly pulling a scab wow excellent so there you go, Loonies. That's a nice uh, image for you. Just lightly pull a scab. That, that's all it takes. To, uh, the to worst get the of the... Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, well, that sounds great. <laughs> sounds good. But it looks really cool. Um, uh, horror-filled, because you, you know, it had something... It was one of the creatures from, from Lovecraft, right? Um, uh, or was it a well, combination? It's kind of a combination. Yeah, uh, yeah. The artist called it the... Sigil of Cthulhu, but that's right. not what Cthulhu has going for his sigil. I think it was beautiful either way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. No, it's great. I, I love it. It's good. Um, nice, nice tattoo. Anyway, loonies, anyone thinking about it? I know a lot of loonies do have some tattoos. Showing them off, um, please do. Just uh, share them around. Some people have, like, Moonlight tattoos as well, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so that's... Pretty dedicated, if you ask me. I'm going to have to come up with another category to classify those loonies. Um, but anyway, uh, cool. Um, anyway, for the white noise, Chad, news-wise, look, there isn't anything. I didn't trawl the garbage that is the internet, the garbage heap. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard my, my previous white noise, my previous news. It was really kind of scraping the bottom, except for the... Um, Except for the preview on issue 37. Previews are always good. Uh, nothing here, Chad, unless you've picked up anything. I don't know. No? No, not really. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, there you go, Lenny's all It all bodes well for, I'm saying, October 21. <laughs> when we do get our casting announcement, Chad reckons 24th. Um, you know, let's just hope it's soon. I think that's that's what we're all saying. Um, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, all right. Well, how about we um, we just go to a quick, quick break, Chad? I might have to refill my mug, my jug, my stein, my bottle. Um, how are you going with how are you going with yours? Oh, it looks like you've got quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's keeping. I'm only a little in. Okay, cool. Maybe um, 
Maybe I'm just too keen. Anyway, loonies, we're just going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, Chad and I will head off into our... I bloody, I haven't even updated this prompt sheet, Chad. We're, <laughs> we're going to our Lunar Pick Modern Run Review, which will be Moon Knight Volume 6, Issue 8. So, stay tuned. Need a podcast talking about weird stuff? Well, then we've got just the thing for you. Into the Weird, a podcast chronicling the madness and magnificence of the mighty Marvel Bronze Age of comics, featuring the voice talents of Mr. Billy Delicious. Hola. Mr. Herman Hellstrom Lowe. Hey there. And straight from the long box of darkness, his infernal majesty Dormammu. How are you? And many more. But wait a minute. You might be thinking, aren't all comics infused with a grain of weirdness? I mean, Reed Richards can stretch every single part of his body, right? And why did Ultron design the vision with working genitalia? Well, you would be correct, but Into the Weird isn't just any regular comic book show, folks. We focus on the really bizarre. Here are a few examples. A sword and sorcery barbarian grown spontaneously from a jar of peanut butter. A duck running for president of the United States. Benjamin Franklin playing hide the sausage with Doctor Strange's girlfriend, Clea. A giant-sized man-thing lamenting the death of a clown. A serial killer obsessed with killing only fools dressed as cavalier with laser guns after witnessing a priest fornicating. And so much more. So if you like the wonderful weirdness of the Bronze Age from 1970 to 1985, and characters such as Ghost Rider, Morbius, The Defenders, Man-Thing, Son of Satan, Skull the Slayer, Kill Raven, Howard the Duck, and the weird granddaddy of them all, Dr. Stephen Strange, then this is the show for you. ITW's on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and TuneIn. Hit subscribe. And join us for a comic-filled jaunt into the weird. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 169, and the power, the power of, Chad. of Chad. And I are back. And we are going to, as mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to review Brian Michael Bendis's and Alex Maleev's and Matt Hollingsworth's Moon Knight Volume 6, Issue 8. It's a continuation of the first story, and this was published in February 2012. Uh, available, still available on Floppy. I don't think it's particularly pricey. I think you can just get it for a standard price, if not less than regular price price uh also available on digital uh, it's on marvel unlimited as well so uh it'll be on comiXology kindle and stuff like that as well um and it is available on there was a recent trade i'm not sure if it's out of stock or out of print but it was a hardcover of the entire 12 issue bendis run so that came out uh not too long ago i'd like to say i don't know maybe a year and a half ago or something uh but previously it was released as uh, two separate hardcovers. Um, I'll be reading it off volume two of the the hardcovers. I've taken off the slipcase so anyone watching the video, you can just see it's a nice, just a white one. Um, and uh, I think 
that's it. I think they may have done trade paperbacks, Chad, but that's long since gone. So yeah, uh, yeah. So quarter bins, quarter bins are, the, are your best bet. Uh, writer Brian Michael Bendis has mentioned penciler Alex Maleev, uh and inker, I believe. Colorist Matt Hollingsworth, letterer Corey Petit, and uh, editor Stephen Wacker. Now, loonies, for those that haven't or unaware of what we do on these things called Lunar Picks, is uh, what will happen is Chad is will be so kind as to read out a bare bones, which is a synopsis, basically a summary of the story, in case you haven't read the comic but you want to know what it's about before we dive into it. And then Chad and I will just kind of go into our just aspects which range from writing, art, themes, uh, characterizations, and references to other runs, and we'll cap it off with a moon rating. So we've got two rating systems, a vanilla rating with the phases of the moon out of 10, or the patented Connoisseur's rating system. Uh, you'll understand, if we do use it, what it's about. I don't know. I don't even know Connoisseur if he knew what it was about. Anyway, um, Chad, before we start, what what system will you choose to, to mark your comic? Oh, well, Connoisseur's been out of the game for a while, so I'll go with him. Keep him alive in spirit. Keep him alive. Connoisseur's like, he's like Conchu in a way. He's like a little, the little guy on my shoulder sometimes. And, and on yours, I'm sure. Just uh, whispering in your ear. You know, telling you to telling you about a telephone moon or a crumb of a moon or going the big, or a big, big fuck off moon. <laughs> Everyone wants to wants to mark it out of ten because of Connoisseur's rating system, don't we all? Anyway, um, okay. Well, I will I will uh, leave it to Chad if you uh, if you can be so kind. This is courtesy of Wiki, but uh, here's the bare bones for volume six, issue eight. At the precinct's garage, Mark leaves Snapdragon tied to a detective's car. Alerted, the detective fires at Moon Knight, but he takes out Cap's plasma shield to stop the bullets. They're on the same side. Mark is able to settle the officer down and shares information on Camp Nefaria to him. As a token of trust, he gives Maya's record battle footage to him. The detective reluctantly agrees on their allegiance. The next morning, Mark is watching a ridiculous cut from his show, (laughs) but he steps away for a meeting with his voices. They pressure him uh, to strike as soon as possible. Back at the house, Mark is working with Buck to upgrade his gear. In the process, he upgrades Echo's staff with vibranium metal. Meanwhile, at the police station, Detective Hall brings the footage to Captain. He disregards it by turning it to a federal case. He is on Nefaria's payroll. Hall decides to visit Snapdragon and tell her that no mob lawyer, super criminal, or ninjas have arrived to extract her, which leaves Hall to believe that she might be burned. Which is a term saying that you're no longer good in certain circles. Not everyone would get that. (laughs) It might be beneficial for her to talk. Across town, Moon Knight and Echo spend the night by taking down Nefaria's operations in order to draw him out. Which worked as he floats behind them. 
Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chad. That was the bare bones, courtesy of Wiki, a, a snapshot uh, of the, the whole issue, issue eight, to give you an idea of anything that Chad and I will potentially reference during our discussion. So I guess I forgot, I always forget to mention this at the top as well. Um, Chad, I think overall, so overall your impressions of this issue before we get into the aspects, what did you make of issue eight? I actually really liked it. It stayed away from the, like, pratfalls for this run. You know, it stayed away from Mark playing at being Logan, trying at being, you know, Spider-Man. He was just himself all the way through. Mm. So I liked that. Um, And then I like that it uses tech. It plays with his toys, and that's a lot of what, you know, Moon Knight is about. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, and that's something that's probably not explored enough. I mean, we saw it. I did a little quick reread of the the previous issues and stuff, and and he certainly does. I mean, for those that do remember issue seven, he actually um, booby traps that fake Ultron head to have that pollen in it. I think he works on this uh, secret po- uh, chemical pollen or something that when Nefaria crushed it, it actually negated his powers, and that's what they reference. Uh, what Echo references at the end of this issue when she says, well, you, you kind of um, nullified his powers last time. You can do it again. And at the end, Mark goes, yeah, I don't think you'll fall for it a second time as we see Nefaria um, loom behind them. But, yeah, I think I think the use of tech is pretty um, – is, is, by Bendis is pretty good because he's also got Buck there to – to help him with the, he's almost like, um, what is it, like Q or something from, from James, is that right? Yeah. James Bond? Uh, like, yeah, like he um, he fits out Echo's staff, as you mentioned in the synopsis, with vibranium. Uh, just a sliver to give it a little bit of pep, and she kind of whacks something just to, to test it, and it just explodes. So um, I'm assuming, again, being totally geeky, this is tied to how vibranium can absorb energy, um, similar as you see with the Black Panther suit. And, uh, and when she hits it, it kind of releases it, which is pretty cool. One thing, though, Chad, again, because I did a little bit of geeky research because I was looking on the backstory of Nefaria, a, mm-hmm. missed, a missed opportunity here and a little detail which they could have used is apparently Nefaria is, uh, is vulnerable to adamantium. So he actually, yeah, he, for some reason, in the new Avengers, I think, um, he actually gets cut by Wolverine, and that actually weakens him more than just being cut. Uh, so he gets he gets weakened by adamantium. So it would have been cool, I thought, if if Bendis incorporated that into Echo's weaponry or Mark's, you know, tech that sort of stuff. But yeah, I guess not. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of scenarios where Mark is using adamantium already. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The let no- me just slip into something more lethal. Yeah, exactly. Just get his 90 suit out. He's got them all under those glass cones, right, in his moon cave or something, just, you know, on display. Uh, but anyway, that's, you know, obviously a big geeky kind of thought there. I, I just thought I'd get it out there because I did read that on, on uh, Nefaria's uh, wiki page. Anyway, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, actually I similar to you. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with this. Um in the fact that the shortcomings I found previously with Bendis' issues, like from issues one to, to seven, some of them seem to be 
to really hold not much substance because it, it really did seem to be a small part of a bigger whole. Uh, this is still part of a bigger whole, but there's a lot here to, to lock into, which I find interesting. Um, so we get here, I mean, I know it's been tread before in some of the previous issues, but I guess the dialogue uh, is a lot stronger um, here. So it kind of kept me engaged. Uh, so in writing, I've just got notes here. I'm just going to quickly in bullet, per, bullet point form, I'll just go through it. Um, so as you mentioned in the synopsis, uh, Moon Knight gives Detective Hall or Officer Hall that USB key. Uh, that confrontation was pretty cool. Uh, I thought just it, it was very cinematic. Him just crouched on a car, top of a car with a Snapdragon unconscious. A little short exchange. I loved, and I'm going to bleed into the art here, Chad. Oh, hang on. <laughs> For the video people there, I'm going to start to share something here. Um, so, and this just speaks to those with the, can you see that? Is that on? Yep. Okay. So let me, uh, <laughs> will it work? <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. So there's a nice little exchange <clears throat> here. Uh, Hall actually gets really, he's really scared. He's stuttering as well. And actually, first off, he shoots at Moon Knight. Uh, and thankfully he's got that kind of i don't know what energy shield of captain america's so there's a little bit happening here there's a little bit of action there's a nice little uh, interplay between them both uh, then there's this piece of evidence which is really highlighted by i think that really bright red usb stick chad so against the stark black and white i mean most of this is is kind of hued in black uh, in black blue and white um, so i guess testament to the colorist uh, hollingsworth um, but also to, of course, Maleve. Uh, and finally, with that, I just love, again, the way Moon Knight is, is um, portrayed here, Chad. Uh, he flutters away, like when he jumps off the, off the ledge, it's almost as if he's like a, he's like a, a piece of paper or, or a napkin kind of floating. Yeah. Um, but it's so cool because it's a typical trope of superheroes to jump off the ledge, right? And... You know, whether you're Batman or Daredevil, there's some way that you can kind of leap off and help yourself. With Moon Knight, it's a level of, oh, hang on, what can he do? But he's got a glider cape, so we know that he can he can do this sort of stuff. Um, so anyway, so there's uh, there's that interaction with Hall. Uh, there's, uh, as you mentioned, the voices that he has. He has this kind of running dialogue with the voices about taking Nefaria or not. Uh, there's this growing, even more development of Echo's relationship with Mark. Uh, there's again a revisit to Captain Williams being being corrupt and uh, Officer or Detective Hall being the kind of upright guy and, and Moon Knight calls it out at the beginning. Um, and then there's a, a small interrogation scene with Detective Hall. So there's there's a lot of things happening in this issue and I, I guess that's what I really I really liked about it. There was a lot more substance. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of one of the other problems I had with the rest of the run is it's just a lot of like flash down the street and there's nothing ever really resolved. Mm. It's just one, you know, pugilist fight to the next. Yeah. 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 Um, which, you know, I guess is a particular type of comic and, and you can enjoy that. Uh, especially if the, the action scenes are done well. Um, but what we've seen so far with, um, with this Moon Knight comic, as well, the uh, the fight scenes are very, uh, I guess, minimal and grounded, and and there's nothing too extravagant with them. Although I get, I think later on we'll see Count Nefaria do a lot more. Um, you know, 
he's at least got powers, so he can do something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chad, any, uh, so let, let's, uh, really get into it. Although I've kind of really started with the writing, getting back into the writing there. Um, yeah. Any, any other points, any points you want to you kick off about the writing itself? Um, or the art? I really like the, uh, storytelling, like through the panels is very cinematic, like with Nefaria just hovering there behind them while they're talking about taking him out. It's like, Okay, that's that's pretty hilarious. Yep. Um, um, yes, there he is. Let's yeah, see. it's pretty cool because uh, yeah, on the rooftop there's a smoke happening, and there's a I guess a big what do you call it a big billboard sign or something or like a electric electric lights behind it. It looks very um kind of like Dracula. He, he's just a corny yeah. character anyway. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, cinematic as well. Uh, I'm gonna. Th- uh, throw this one up onto the screen you've got uh their echo how's that sequence so there's a five panel sequence um that goes through and she's just like flicking a match and it kind of slowly goes you can see it kind of heading towards you and she's just burning money um that was pretty cool as well um but a couple of nice uh, establishing shots like there's that that reveal there chad of um or not reveal a splash of uh, echo and moon knight just about to head off um, into their um, their battle to to uh, to flush out Nefaria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I really liked the uh, like what we were talking about earlier on the uh, car. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Trying to find the page. He's crouched on the car and he says, "Put the gun away, detective." We're on the basically the same side yeah and the cape is just really out there it's it is like yeah. spawn level it is it's a spawn level or cloak of levitation it's got a life of its own um again it reminds me a lot of the the benson run with um opena is that opena i can't remember um it anyway, sounds like yeah with the the, the cape is almost like cloud-like um but yeah and even down there the bottom panel you can see the clay the cape Kind of going over half the length of the of the panel um, as it kind of Which frames, is yeah, unreal <laughs> in, in both senses, I think. Um, but that was uh, what I was mentioning about the um, the art as well. That red USB was pretty cool. I, actually, at first I thought it was a vial of blood or something, but um, it's definitely the USB that Maya um, she she takes takes the footage of. If you'll again remember issue seven, there was a, a like an entrapment almost uh, ruse that they put. So Buck uh, arrives with the Ultron head to to drop off to Nefaria, and Maya's taking video of it, um, and that's what they're looking at in the um, in the inter- in the um, sorry in the police station with Captain Williams. Uh, I mean, also I will as much as we love to talk about Maleve as well. Chad, I touched upon it. I'd love to just give props to uh, Hollingsworth, his colours. Um, they're very understated. Like I mentioned before, he uses vibrant colours sparingly to kind of make it stand out. Um, but he's got this beautiful... It works so well with the Maleve uh, art. It's got just beautiful, as I mentioned, blue, white, and kind of grey and black tones. Uh, that's all he needs for Moon Knight. But I wanted to draw attention to... Um, if I'm just moving forward here... 
you can see the the color the different color change so when we get that one page of of uh detective hall uh, interrogating snapdragon uh it's given this kind of red light um kind of look to it um and practicality like it, it doesn't really make sense unless unless there are neon signs outside the the uh, interrogation room uh, but I know I just like it anyway. It kind of gives a, a a very different shift of tone. Yeah. Um, let's see. Also, while uh, let's see where it is. The whole scene with uh, them taking out or checking out from the uh, rooftop yep. underneath that sign. They're um, checking out. Uh, who is that down there? In just the, some in... what was that oh no just in the green like it's almost as if they, yeah. uh, I think we're not using night vision or something or x-ray it looks like all of the shading in those series of panels looks really amazing mm. yeah absolutely like you can really tell where the light's hitting behind them because mm. everything forward is it's not like they're just kind of throwing shading out there just like willy-nilly, like, say, certain Spider-Man cartoons in modern era. <laughs> hey, we've still got one more episode to <clears throat> review here. Come on. <laughs> one more Spidey. Um, yeah, no, true. I mean, the the shading, and that's testament to Malieve as well. I mean, I, I like the even the page before of that interchange with, Detective Hall and Captain Williams, um, just on their faces, it, it kind of gives a bit more of a, uh, a literally a, and a figurative, a shadier look to, to Captain Williams, um, too. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I mean, generally, this is the the thing as well. I thought maybe some of these uh, these. I thought some of these scenes were a li- were a little short, though. That's all. Like, I'm again. I'm going back to that interrogation with Snapdragon. I would have actually loved to see that go on a little bit more. Maybe at least two pages. Um, although Bendis does pack it with uh, with dialogue, but uh, she kind of folds really easily. You know what I mean? Um, Detective Hall just says he basically says that you're burned, as you mentioned in the synopsis, Chad, um, and she kind of believes it straight away um yeah yeah but um yeah that's a small quibble i mean there's uh there are some scenes where where which give which have enough kind of space to breathe like that opening scene on the car with moon knight and detective hall um but yeah i don't know there were other ones which i found i found interesting and i would have liked to have seen a bit more um like there was actually also another there are other scenes as well which i thought went a bit too long than it should have. So, for instance, this one that I've got up on screen now for people looking at the video, it's at establishing one of Echo. She wakes up um, from her slumber in the Mark Spector hideout, and she kind of comes up and she sees Mark and Buck working on stuff, and uh, and it's all to do with Buck working, you know, fixing weapons and, and giving her her staff back. Um, there's not really much payoff though for that, unless it's leading to something later on. But for me, I thought like that could have been done a lot less as well. Um, uh, 
uh, although there was a little bit of exposition, like Mark was talking about, this, I guess it established that she did get this intel when she went undercover for Nefaria in the in the strip clubs. Um, but the intel that she actually gives Mark is actually the footage of that of that ruse that they did again, as I mentioned in issue seven. So uh, maybe a lot, of, a little bit of unnecessary information here, but yeah. So a, a lot of things could be cut and some could be expanded. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Similarly, the entire uh, messing up of Nefaria's little gang yes. scene. Yes, absolutely. That's two pages. They could have... Re- yep. Yep. It feels like wasted time. Like, how much of that was flicking a match to burn money? It's like... Yep. It's kind I, yeah. of like a non-issue. This isn't about the money. No, exactly. That confused me a little. It's like... It's like, was there a purpose to do that other than to just, you know, um, I, I guess it's there to piss off Nefaria, like um, getting rid of his stuff. But it, yeah, it felt a bit weird for me. Another panel, you can see that it's just entirely black, for, you know, for, for yeah. f- effective, like, suspense or something. But then these are silent panels for two pages for the action scene. And of course, there's not much really maybe to say while you're fighting, but... Uh, it does leave the the action a little flat. I mean, there aren't even any. What do you call it? Um, you know, the wham, bam, the uh, onomatopoeic. Onomatopoeia. Yeah. Um, is there a, a term for those particular comic book onomatopoeic letter, lettering? No, just the the pals, the bams, and the pals. They're all they're all missing. Um, so yeah, yeah. I found the the fight scene a little lackluster as well. Uh, similar to what we mentioned, well, what I mentioned about the Aaron run <laughs> in issue 37 uh, fight scenes. Were, and that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, is it me just being a bit of an old man and complaining a bit? But we're we're losing out a bit on, on really cool action scenes. I mean, if you look at the old 80s, 90s, 70s comics, um, that have a lot of fun with a lot of action. Maybe... You know, maybe the modern day comic book readers are a little bit more discerning and actions. But oh, I don't know. I'm just a little kid at heart. I'd love a bit of action. <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen like really sparing, like quality Moon Knight fights before. Mm. Hell, like uh, when he was going up temporarily against Greyhawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like was, yeah. it was, he was using his toys. It was like quick to the point, mm-hmm. and, I don't know, it just made sense the way he was fighting. Yeah. But then again, you get the the other modern runs, like I'm thinking of uh, Max Bemis and Jason Burroughs. You get that awesome, remember the one on the ship? Oh, man. Yeah, like, and that was, and that was, and then some, you know what I mean? And it wasn't, I don't think it was um, using up paper space and taking up a lot of space in the comic. I thought it was really good, like... You know, I think it was well warranted. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, we all know that Bendis is a bit more of a, a dialogue-driven kind of writer. Um, what? No way. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so some shortcomings there. Uh, I think Chad and I, we've uh, illustrated that with with some sequences um, or some scenes. They, they could be shortened. Others could be lengthened a bit more. Uh Anything else, Chad, by way of... Well, let's talk about... Let's talk about... I mean, I was hard to, I was trying to think of the themes, uh, the underlying 
I guess the tones of this of this issue. This issue a lot was it was kind of like a setup again. It's really weird because this is a continuation of issues one to seven. It's still it's still under the the subtitle first story, but there was a particular ending with issue seven where Nefaria flies away because he's defeated by Moon Knight. But this is still continuing on. Um, but I don't know. Uh, what I got for themes here was maybe potentially more of the showing the, the corruption within the police force with Captain Williams, um, but also maybe framing Detective Hall as a, a little bit more uh, upstanding and upright. Um, we only got like a couple of panels before, but I think this focused on him a bit more. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the, the main... Th- the main thrust of this as well is Moon Knight and Echo going after Nefaria. Him him kind of um, in conflict with himself as whether he should or not. Um, I found that a little that whole idea a little bit weak as well in the fact that of course he's going to do it. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Moon Knight. Yeah, he went he went that I mean why would he be wondering whether he should follow up or not? Um and and even it's really weird. Towards the end, he's even showing doubts where he he says to Echo, "Oh, we can just call the whole thing off and let's just run away together." That sort of thing as well. Um, I don't it's know. Not very Moon Knight thing to do. I don't know whether Bendis is trying to make him feel or trying to portray him as being very flighty, like not really knowing what to doing one thing, being very kind of spontaneous. I, I don't know. Um, but it's not really the Moon Knight. I, I mean, I would think that had been portrayed in the past. Um, he's certainly a flawed character, but he's always had a direction. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, I don't know. So any other kind of themes, underlying tones of this? Echo and, and Mark's relationship? That seems to be having another go. Yeah. Um, let's see. With Echo... And her relationship with Mark in like the last couple issues, it seemed very on again, off again, but more so based off of Mark being an idiot. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to read a room. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And she seems a lot more accommodating towards him now as well. Like, remember, she punched the hell out of him the first time he tried to kiss her. So... Um, I, maybe she's admitting to uh, admitting to herself as well because she does say, and I put this down, characterization. She does say she, she's never felt at home with the Avengers, so maybe she finds she's more at home with Mark Spector, which is a bit of a scary thing to say. <laughs> like, you know, she must have her problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they both are kind of exiles from the Avengers, so it kind of makes sense that they'd have the same type of, uh, what's the right term? That's a really uh, <laughs> loud cat. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, knocking outside the door. He's, uh, could be Conchu. Who knows? Cats are very, you know, Egyptian-based, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Let's see, Echo. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, there was a term that you wanted. They're both very something. You're about to term them a particular 
Well, they're uh, both exiles. Anyway. Exiles from Avengers. Um, yeah. Flighty. I don't know. They're both... Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, also as well, I mean... Oh, actually, let's talk about the... Um, it's, it's very brief again. I'm going to go back to the... Um, there's a, the thing with the voices and... It's novel for me. It's a little fun. Um, this thing about looking at the um, the film footage of uh, Conchu versus the werewolf. Now, so again, for those that are unaware, Mark Spector, not Stephen Grant. Again, I will stress that, which is strange. Anyway, Mark Spector has started up a like a film company or production of sorts, and uh, they have a TV series. Um, I can't remember the name of the TV sh- series. It's um, Something like The Shadows of Conchu or something. But anyway, they're looking at episode four. And uh, there's a nice little action scene here with Jake Lockley, who's piloting a helicopter, and Marlene, and there's a werewolf jumps up. So I I was going to jump and say a reference to the other runs, because obviously any loonies would know. Uh, So Mark mentions, you know, I need a werewolf in there. And Amy, his production assistant, says, well... I thought this was going to be about your life as a soldier of fortune. And he says, it is. Uh, And she goes, why a werewolf? And he goes, that happened. So obviously anyone would know that reference is Werewolf by Night 32 and 33. Um, So uh, that's a reference to basically the first appearance of Moon Knight. So well done there on Bendis' behalf to to cite that. but yeah, what did you think of this uh, this scene with 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 Mark and Amy, and then subsequently with the um, the altars, uh, Cap, Wolvie, and Spidey? With the production assistant, I liked that uh, he wasn't keen on how fake the like werewolf looked. Mm. He's like, "No, why am I throwing this much money at it, and it still looks like crap?" <laughs> yeah. It's- like, oh, he remembers that scene pretty frequent, like pretty intense. Yeah, but so at the, at the same, it makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time as well, she, the poor lass as well, Amy. She goes, but you approved the. <laughs> he goes, Amy. She goes, you approved it. So he must, you know, he he, he sounds like you. At the same time, the tip, your typical boss, but also like the worst sort of boss. The boss that says one thing one day and then the other day. It's totally forgotten. Says something the other uh, the other direction, but yeah, I like Amy too. I think she's good. Um, she kind of, if anything, shows the, uh, I guess, the, uh, incompetence of Mark in the fact that, like, he's going, oh look, um, or calls him out. He goes, look, I've I've got a meeting, and she goes, what do you mean? Like, I schedule all your <laughs> your meetings, uh, but he's talking about his meetings with his his alters because he sees. Spidey, Wolvie, and uh, and Captain America. But Chad, what did you think about again? How about the voicings of of Wolverine, Spider Man, and Captain America? What did you think of them? I thought they were pretty accurate to those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the only hitch in it was really Spider Man because he kind of just kind of wanted to run off and have fun. He didn't want to stand up and take responsibility where he has the power, you know? That's true. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, because the way I see them, they're very much distilled into these very base kind of, um, I guess, 
personalities for Mark. Uh, and, and we've talked about this before about how they could easily be translated to to Jake, Stephen, and Mark. So why not why not have used them? But um, but it's a lot more apparent with the likes of say Captain America taking the very sensible. He's a voice of really the huge voice of reason. Um, and Wolverine, of course, is more of the, um, uh, you know, just just um, action first, ask, think about it later. He's very much that kind of character, and his voices, I thought, come across that. Yes, yeah, Spider-Man, you're right, um, but he seems very much kind of like the middle ground, and I think out of the three, I think Spider-Man's the, the least kind of... I don't know, convincing. I think he's a mediator, if anything, out of these three voices. Um, so I think you really, the main players here are Wolverine and Cap um, because they're just both extremes. But yeah, I thought they were done. I thought they were done well, uh, considering, and for me, in my head, canon, I mean, of course, I mean, they're just identities, but they're not the real thing. These are figments, again, yeah. of Mark's imagination. This is what he thinks that they would say. Um, so yeah. So, uh, you know, I thought that was, that was pretty decent at that. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, well, yeah, any any other, um, I don't know, characterizations? What do you think of any other thoughts on Detective Hall or Captain Williams? They are the, uh, are the main, main players here. I mean, Detective Hall is no flint, but, I mean, can't be in every jurisdiction. <laughs> No, true. I, I did think about that first when at that that first scene, but of course he's in LA and Flint is in New York somewhere. Although Hall does say I that thought Flint was Chicago. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he started off in Chicago, didn't he? But then didn't um, uh, was it is it Brooklyn? Oh, the Bronx. Bronx. Moon Knight starts um hanging around the Bronx. That's in is that that's New York, isn't it? Yeah, that's one of the boroughs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. I can't remember the one with Morpheus. Uh, where are the one with Mor- that was the first appearance I think of of Detective Flint issue. I'm gonna say four. No, I don't know. Just I'm just stretching. Hang on. Ray is on the case. Okay, <laughs> just gonna pull it out here, and I mean the comic book. Uh... Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, nah, it's not five. It would be one of the first four. I'm sure it would have been one of the first four. Well, it's uh, a very no, no, it isn't. No, got it wrong. It's uh, sorry. Bear with us, loonies. I'll be with you in a, a tick. Guess for what? Angels, vengeance. Oh, twelve. 12 but i'm sure i'm sure flint turns up before then uh, but issue 12 was uh was morpheus you know that issue with uh the first page basically of uh, doug mensch as uh robert mark yeah yeah because uh, i remember flint had a really cool um... that... yep sorry i was just gonna say that really like in-depth metamorphosis like a few pages yes <sighs> and I really hope they turn that into a like on screen event. That would be cool. That would be good. I'd love to see um yeah, Morpheus on screen. The Evan energy. But like even just his gangly 
horrid like his his visage you know the the bug eyes i just can imagine him like sweating and just being kind of kind of sickly looking i don't know why but um um i don't know why he'd potentially be sweating but uh yeah the ebon engine ebon energy just really yeah like a real monster um which is terrible to say because he got that afflicted on on him uh well, it yeah. makes me think of the fly yeah that, yeah me too that's that's exactly what i'm kind of thinking yeah i'm horrible horrible disfigured uh anyway um yeah so i don't know any other any other points here chat to to point out for this issue um, no not that i can think of yeah look i haven't got too much as well um we'll, we'll do a quick wrap up in our scores um, the only other thing is I'll put in here reference to other runs. Again, they kept on talking about how Nefaria um, was uh, a big level, A-grade. He's battled Thor and the Avengers. I was doing a quick background check. I wanted to find out that issue where he does fight Thor. I couldn't find it, but he is in countless Avengers runs, Tales to Astonish, that sort of stuff. Um, even the um, these are other offshoot Avenger titles as well, like Avengers... I think Most Wanted and New Avengers, he's in all that. So he's in a few battles in Volumes 1 and 3 of the um, the flagship Avengers run. So he's a, he's a lot. He's Actually, he's fought a lot of the X-Men as well. Um, and he does have, like, Class 100-plus strength. So on the chart, he's like... Jesus. He's, yeah, so he, he's, he's, he can fight the likes of the Hulk and Thor easily. Uh, so he's that, he's that strong. Um... I don't know about his energy stuff and flight and all that, but he's, he's apparently very strong. I, th- I think he's based on ionic energy. I'm not too sure because he's had a lot of dealings with Wonder Man. And, you know, Wonder Man's quite strong as well. So that could be, could yeah. be something there. Um, but, yeah, so interesting. Uh, yeah, so he's battled the Avengers countless times. Um, I might throw in, pepper in a few uh, runs on, in our show notes for you loonies uh, if you want to check it out. I'm, I'm certainly keen to because... Uh, not to say because of this particular story, but just that Bendis has used him, I think he's he'd be kind of worth checking out Count Nefaria. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I guess that will pretty much wrap up our thoughts on this issue. Um, Chad, can I ask you to first? Do you want to go first? I mean, I've already put my mark in here, but um, what would you give this uh, issue... Eight of Volume Six, Moon Knight by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Nice. A big, beautiful yellow man. Lovely, a big, beautiful yellow man. Nothing like it. There you go. Uh, eight out of ten. Very cool. Um, I gave it a. I think I gave it a solid seven out of ten. I think it's um. I uh, say so that I picked Connors as well. A solid round boy. Um, I think it really did enjoy, it surprised me just, just because I don't know, we're always, we're all geared up to be disappointed by Bendis's run, you know, and there's been a lot of flack on it. Um, and some of the, some of the issues have been flat, which you've seen in our, in our discussions, but this one was surprising. (laughs) This one was surprisingly, you know, it was fine. I liked it. It was, it had a lot of meat to it. There were, um, a lot of things uh, in motion, there were a lot of wheels in motion, right? You know, um, without it, because the previous criticisms of some of Bendis's issues is that there's a lot of talk and nothing really much happens. Whereas here, 
we actually at least get a setup to a lot of things happening. So we get we get a nice interrogation of Snapdragon. We get interaction between Captain Williams again and Detective Hall. Everything that I've kind of said before. We get this Mark Specter echo. We get the fight. So yeah, a seven out of ten I think is um is pretty yeah a pretty decent call for it. So um I haven't we haven't got any feedback, Chad, because uh, I hadn't really posted this up. But again, I might post up something soon. Um, so before this issue comes out, um, I'll drop it out on our social media platforms. Let us know what you think of issue um, this issue eight, um, and it'll be really cool to know. I know a lot of people don't like the Bendis run, and that's that's fair and totally understand. Totally respect that as well. Um, let us know what you think of this particular issue, and if you didn't like this issue, tell us why. Like, did you not find it exciting enough? Was there a, a, amazing? Um, was there an amazing um, ignorance of of Moon Knight's character or canon as a whole? What what really kind of ground your gears if you didn't like it? But if you did like it, yeah, exactly. Why did you like it? I mean, the same reasons that Chad and I voiced on this um, would be very interesting to know. Anyway, there, loonies, there you go, this issue eight. Um, for Spectacle, there's only one thing um, before I, I'll throw it to Chad to... Um, uh, if any where any loonies would um, be keen to catch you or find you, Chad. Um, just a thing, I know it's just dropped now. Uh, I'll be appearing on a, a Signal of Doom episode with with Dave Finn. We're chatting all about the Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection. One moment. It's volume 17. Uh, it's called Craven's Last Hunt, and it actually it goes through obviously Craven's Ooh, Last Hunt. That's good. It's very good. It's very good. I love it. I lo- oh man, it, I, I mentioned to Dave every time I read it. Actually, I think I love it more, and that's really not often that happens to a lot of things. Um, so I'm really I really enjoy it every time I read it. Uh, but anyway, it also this epic includes um, and Dave and I cover it. it includes uh, the Spider Man, the Peter Parker Mary Jane wedding. The annual, which is a, a cracker of an annual, I love it. Uh, there's also that that big reveal of Hobgoblin. Um, so there was there was a lot of stuff happening behind the stay, you know, behind the curtain there in the Marvel office about Hobgoblin. Dave gets into that. It's very interesting to to listen to. Uh, there's spider Sl- spider slayers there with uh, Alistair Smythe. Uh, what else is there? Um, yeah, there's just a whole heap of stuff. It's a really cool, fun chat I have with Dave, so go check it out on Signal of Doom. That should be available uh, now, easily, um, so check it out. Uh, Chad, is there anywhere that loonies can find you to um, to agree with all your points or to chat further about your points that you've discussed on today's show? Let's see. On Facebook, you can find me as you know, just Chad Jernigan in the group. Uh, part of several other groups. Um, let's see. And then on Twitter, you can find me as Angled Time. And that's Angled, not Angeled. Please. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. No, no, cool. Um, go check out again. We'll have it in the show notes. Say hi to Chad. Um, is is good. You. Are you? Yeah, yeah. You pop in the Discord as well. That's not really active. We don't really have that an active Discord. But I'm trying to change that, Chad. I'm trying to learn about bots, you know, and and trying to kind of streamline yeah. the server. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, 
check check all that out. Say hello to Chad. Let me just actually let me just stop the sharing screen because we're finished now. For our fair patronies, um, they can catch us back. Yes, there you go. So uh, yeah, a, a huge thank you, Chad, uh, for joining. Always fun. Uh, we'll have to tee up our uh, uh, let's get sheet faced um, cocktail hour. Uh, we're going to be doing yeah. something, some video bonuses there. We just got to buy the um, buy the liqueurs. We've got some cocktails to make, uh, things to review, things to grade again. I think Connoisseur's rating system will come in handy for that. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, but a huge thank you, Chad. It's always fun to chat with you. Vice versa. Cool, cool. Uh, next phase, loonies, we have on episode 170. Returning is Noel Looney Tunes Tate. Yes, he comes back. Uh, Noel was a couple. Was in 168. Uh, he'll be returning, and we'll both be covering a a segment, the other side of the moon. So that's for a, a waxing gibbous, uh, and that will be on Marvel Team up 144. So that's Moon Knight and Spider Man. And the other side of the moon is a segment of Moon Knight featured in in other comics that aren't necessarily kind of his own. Um, so he makes an appearance here and there. Could be very minimal. Um, we've done something similar, Chad. I think I've had it under a different kind of name. I think I'm not sure if I've named it the other side of the moon, but we've done we've done ones like the um, the Las Vegas one with the Joe Fixit and uh, yeah and the Hulk. Uh, so that sort of thing where Moon Knight kind of guest appears and yeah yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll be doing that uh, next week with um, yeah with Noel. That should be fun. Uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, a huge thank you to our Patroonies. Uh, you too can become a Patroonie if you please consider our ITK Patreon page at, at patreon.com slash ITK Moon Knight. Uh, plenty of bonuses and incentives there. I've finally released the, the digest, the monthly digest. And actually a shout out to uh, to Patroonie Justin. I'm going to call him Justin the Owl. He's a... Uh, uh, Justin the Owl Osgood, he's put up his hand, Chad. So we'll, very exciting, um, we'll be having Justin on the show to help co, uh, co-review co um, a a classic run, I think, down the track. So that's in a few weeks. So very excited, I think in November. Um, so, yeah, you two loonies can become a Patreon member. Just go check out the incentives and it helps expand the show. Uh, as mentioned, Hello Headphones, if you use the code ITKMOONNIGHT, you'll get 10% off their online store. Get yourself some earphones or headphones. Or if you go to Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore, use the code MOON and you'll get 20% off their store. So all your back issue needs are there. Uh, we're affiliate members of Entertainment Earth. Any toy action figures, please use the links in the show notes and uh, that will help support the show too. Also, we are part of the collective. Uh, really cool bunch of shows. I've got to give them a, a big shout out. I'll, uh, I'll shout out the TV podcast Industries. Uh, awesome guys there, Derek, John, and and Chris. Uh, there's also a nexus of all realities. That's by Paul Matthew Carr. Fantastic show as well. Hopefully that comes back soon. There's there's been a bit on and off, and uh, we are Venomaniacs, a Venom podcast by Orion and his co-hosts. Great fun. Uh, finally, you can contact us on email at itkmoonlight at gmail dot com. Also, as we've mentioned and referenced, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Get vocal. Um, well, when get vocal, when get vocal, bloody works. Uh, we've, right. got, we've got a a website as well, and um, and as mentioned, the Patreon page. Uh, also, finally, 
If you want, please give us a rating on either Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. That will just help us uh, expose the show to to more potential loonies and more Moon Knight fans. So um, thank you very much. Once again, Chad, a huge thank you. What's happening for you in the next few hours? You you are way... It's a weird hour there, I know. I'm not even going to say, but of course... I know it's situation normal for you, but... um, 4.23 in the morning. My God. Whoa. Uh, so what are you going to do? Go out for a jog? <laughs> you gonna, you gonna, uh, probably gonna, another cider. cider. Maybe yeah. watch a little bit more of the boys. Ah, lovely. What are you up to in that? Um, let's see. About two weeks ago, I finished up to what they had then. And they recently had a thing where they were releasing more episodes right. on a weekly basis. So Okay. Right, yeah. I'm only up to episode four. I know it's it's I'm loving it. I'm loving the boys. It, it's great. Um, really cool. Uh awesome. Four twenty uh, Chad, if you if you play a musical instrument instrument, just um turn up the amp, get the old electric guitar, four twenty three in the morning. See see what the neighbor <laughs> see what the neighbors think, eh? <laughs> oh, I, I can already say that uh that's not gonna go very well. <laughs> I know, but um, in anything that you do, uh, Chad, um, I hope you have a good day. All the best. You too. Cool. And as always, loonies, may Conchi watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.